0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 117. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about money. I'm really excited about that. It's been a long time since we've talked about money. So if you're excited, if you wanna make money, if you wanna save money, I'm gonna try to talk to you about all the things in kind of a brief, condensed podcast today. So get ready for that. Before we get started, I just want to encourage all of you to go to my website and sign up for my Wednesday weekly words. Each week I write a little email to you so it'll show up in your inbox on Wednesday morning. And it's just a short little list of things to think about for the week and words of encouragement. So if that sounds like something that might be fun to read every Wednesday and get your week, your middle of the week or your hump day uh, off to a better start, then just go to my website and sign up for that. There's no obligation. It doesn't cost anything. It's all free. It's just my way of trying to help you manage your mind and enjoy your life. Also on my website, you will find an area that you can sign up to learn about life coaching with me. Or if you just want to have a free coaching around one little issue that you have or sign up for a program, you can do all that on my website. So I'd really love to talk to you if you want to... Just ask a question. You can email that to me at jacapeldbm at gmail.com. So if coaching intimidates you a little bit, just send me an email. Ask me a question. Leave me a suggestion for the podcast. Or if you want to ask a question live on the podcast, let me know about that too because I'd love to have you on. I'd like to do another podcast with questions and answers from you all. So if you have anything you want to talk about, send me an email and I'll compile those and we'll get to that. So the reason that I wanted to talk about money today is I was given the opportunity recently to be on a financial podcast and that should be coming out soon with a financial advisor and it was really interesting and fun. And so I'm excited to let you know more about that when the podcast is available to come out. But as we were talking about different things in coaching and finances, I thought it had been a long time since we'd gone over anything like that on the podcast. And it's such an important part of getting life better and getting life right. And so I think if we can manage our mind when thinking about money and then also manage our money that things can get so much better for us. So that's what got me to thinking about this today. So the first thing I'd like to do is give you some information and statistics about financial things in the veterinary world. And I did find some information from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics about veterinary medicine and our pay. The studies show in 2019, the median pay for veterinarians was $95,460 per year, or $45.90 an hour. And the number of jobs was 89,200. The job outlook for 2019 to 2029, so the next 10 years, would be that our job numbers would go up 16%, which is faster than the average of other jobs in the United States. And the employment change would be an additional 14,200 jobs over those next 10 years, starting in 2019. So after going through 2020, I think you will all agree that the median pay should go up. At least we should insist that it does because of how much busier we have been, at least in the U.S. since the pandemic. And if you're listening from somewhere outside the U.S., I'd love to hear what's going on in your neck of the woods. So if you would send me some information about that, we can talk about that on another podcast. And it seems to me... Things have been getting more and more demanding for veterinarians. We've been getting more clients wanting to get in. The number of of veterinarians in the profession seems to be at a scarcity. It seems to be difficult to find veterinarians to hire. And there was an article published in JAVMA in November of 2019 that said that salaries are increasing. The number of full-time veterinarians is also increasing while the debt that veterinarians are incurring when they go through veterinary school is going up. Now, this particular study in JAVMA said that in 2019, graduates, including those with no debt, averaged $149,877 in debt. Now, 17% of the veterinary graduates reported that they had zero debt. So that basically tells me that there's more graduates with higher amounts of debt than this study is actually showing. So $150,000 to $200,000 in debt is probably what most people are coming out of that school with, and some even more. The Caribbean schools, or the Caribbean schools, however you choose to say it, have much higher debt ratios than the schools that are in the United States. And I don't have statistics for the rest of the world, and I apologize if you're not listening from the United States, but I would like those statistics, so if you can steer me in the right direction, I'd be happy to share them with all of you. So as the demand for veterinary medicine goes higher, we have more clients requiring more services of us, and the number of veterinarians are increasing, but not as quickly as perhaps this profession needs. We're going to feel more stress and demand from the clients and the number of hours that the employers are going to want us to put in is going to go higher. So it's, it will be to our advantage to get some control of this and possibly try to increase the salaries even more to make up for this gap in demand versus supply, right? It makes sense. It's kind of basic economics. So I would like to encourage you all to think about that as you go through your veterinary day is how much are you being paid? How much do you need to be paid? Is there a way to narrow that gap so we can get these student loan debts paid off faster? I think that it's going to be more difficult to get the colleges to lower the prices. And so I think we need some strategies in our financial life to try to get our finances in order once we do graduate with these big debt loads and also before we go through veterinary school and before we take on these big student loan debts, understanding what this is all about. And then as a profession, demanding that we make more money. And I think that's really possible. So even though $95,000 460, which is the mean median, Um, pay that they listed in 2019, and maybe it's a little bit higher in 2020, even though that seems like a fairly reasonable amount of money, doesn't sound very good when you put it up against $200,000 in debt. So as we push forward in this profession, I think we really need to think about that. And is there a way to charge more, to make more, to be more efficient, so we can kind of narrow that divide? So, I've compiled some steps that we can take to try to achieve some financial goals, and I'll go through those in a minute. But I briefly just want to talk about the thoughts that we have about money and how we can use our mind and our thinking to feel better and do better when it comes to our money. Because I coach many people on their financial goals and the way they think about money and their upset around their student loan debt and the feeling that it will never be paid off. And if we have the thoughts in our brain that tells us that this goal is un- impossible and we'll never have any money and we'll always be poor and if we have this attitude that veterinarians don't get paid as much as other professions and that they can't make as much as other professions, then we're already defeating ourselves ahead of time. And so it's very important that we think about money as something that we can make, that we can produce, that if we give value to other people, that they will pay us for that value. And it's really difficult for us because our profession is so empathetic And we feel like we have to do things for people just because we love animals and just because, you know, we we took on this profession because we want to have empathy. And clients will guilt us into that too. They'll say, well, don't you love animals? Why can't you do this for free? So we have all these thoughts in our head that we charge too much, that we shouldn't make very much. And that's really defeating. We have to get our mind in the place that thinks that, We are providing a service, and that service is very valuable. And so as a valuable service, it deserves to be valued and paid for. And if we start to value ourselves and understand that this expensive education and all this knowledge that we have is very valuable, it's easier to charge for it. It's easier to hold fast when people are trying to guilt us into not charging. And sometimes I think of it as people that come and guilt us and try to get us to do things for free oftentimes are spending their money somewhere else. It's the priorities that they have in their life that might not value the veterinary services, but they might go out to dinner right after they try to guilt us into doing an x-ray for free. They'll go and spend the same amount of money on something that they're purchasing or some sort of entertainment, And so we have to get to the point where we find enough value in ourselves and enough pride in our profession to charge what we're worth. Because if we're offering our services for less than they're worth, then we're degrading our self-worth. And in order to make the kind of money that we want to make and pay our bills and pay off our debt, we have to have a really strong attitude about money. So the next time you want to discount something for a client because you're feeling guilty or you're feeling like maybe it wasn't that difficult, like, oh, that was so easy, I'm going to give it to the client, think about your finances. Think about your student loan debt. And think about the training that it took to allow you to do this service so easily. And when you think about it that way, you will be more likely to charge for it. Charge full price. Be confident in your charging, because that's really the first step in getting paid what you're worth for you, for the technicians that work for you, and for the rest of the staff that works for you. Costs a lot of money and very high overhead to run a veterinary hospital, and that's something that we really have to remember strongly. Okay, I'm off my soapbox about that, because I really do feel strongly about that. I still have to coach myself to this date. Charge for what you do. It's so important. Okay, so now I'm going to go through some steps that will help you work towards your financial goals. Because sometimes that feels overwhelming. So the first thing that I would suggest is to make a plan. It's much easier to achieve a goal if you have a plan to achieve that goal. It needs to be in writing, and it needs to include some very important things. You should have a plan for retirement, and for some of you, that's very far off. But the sooner you start thinking about that, of of what you want to do in the future, whether it's retiring or working forever, the sooner you plan for that, the more money you'll have when you do get to that point in your life where you want to retire. Another thing that you want to put in your financial plan is planning for children, if you're planning on having children, and maybe their educational costs. Also insurance, life insurance, disability insurance should be in your financial plan. And then debt repayment, if you have debt. And so having an overall financial plan for your life is a really good first step. If it's something that you have difficulty doing on your own, there's many, many people in the world that do this for a living. So carefully find a financial planner to work with and allow yourself to sit down with those people and really get an education. Because in veterinary school, they don't, they don't educate us on this. They don't educate us on financial planning much. And so it's something that we have to learn on our own. So another step would be having a budget. And this is something that's really difficult for me because I don't like detail and I like to spend money. So if you're that type of person that likes to spend money, having a budget is the most important thing you can do. A formal budget where you decide on purpose what you're going to spend every month or even every week. You can break it down as much as you want. It'll allow you to control your spending and save on purpose. So the things that should be in your budget are the money coming in each month, and then what do you need to spend it on? Repaying your student loans, paying your mortgage, all the things that you have to pay, and then the savings amount that you're going to do. And try to do it right down to the dollar as much as possible. Allow yourself some money that you can just blow in your budget. But make it a finite amount because the less controlled you are in your budget, the more likely you are to spend too much. And so, part of your budget should be saving, and that should be a line item in your budget. You need to pay yourself first. And I mean saving money for different things that you want to buy or do, and then also retirement and then non retirement investing. So, those should all be line items in your budget now I've talked to several financial planners and some of them recommend that you save 10% of your gross income to retirement and all the things that you want to do and some recommend that 15% is even better so if you take your salary and you find out what 10 to 15% of it is that's the amount that you should pay yourself first in savings and if you put it away before anything else, and even if you do it before you actually get your paycheck, if you have a way to do it with your employer where the investments come out before, if you have an IRA or something that you can do pre-tax, allow the employer to take it out of your paycheck because you're, you're going to notice it less coming out of your paycheck if it comes out before you even see it. And the sooner you start this in your life, the earlier you start saving and investing, the better off you'll be. Because when interest compounds, whether you're investing in mutual funds or whether you're investing in other vehicles, there's compound interest. And so as that money grows over the years, it will grow bigger and bigger as time goes on. So it makes total sense to start as early as possible. So if your employer has an IRA or a 401k, that's something that you really need to take advantage of, especially if they match. If your employer has a simple IRA, a Roth IRA, or a 401k that matches, get the money in there. Those people are giving you free money. And even if it's a very small amount, if you have a lot of student loan debt and you're really concentrating on paying off that, I would still try to to take advantage of the retirement savings in an IRA. Now, because I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not going to tell you where to put your money or who to put it with or whether to buy mutual funds or stocks or you know any of that stuff. I'm not going to say any of that because that is not my area of expertise. I just know that the earlier you put it in and the more you put in, the faster it's going to grow and the more you're going to have as you get older. So I don't care if you're still in vet school, if you're not in vet school, if you're working. I don't care where you are in your life. Start and do it and take advantage of the accounts that your employers offer. Another step that you really have to take and that you really have to put a lot of energy in is minimizing your debt and paying off your student loan debt. Now, when I was younger and I didn't have any money, I was really bad with the credit cards and I would buy things that I really couldn't afford and then I would try to pay them off. And if you do that, it's just this constant struggle of trying to catch up and trying to catch up because the interest rates are so high. Save up for the things you want to buy. Don't buy things that you don't have money for. It's a super simple concept. And if you live by that, your life will be so much easier. Because I've done it both ways. I've done it the stupid way, and I've done it the smarter way, and the smarter way is better. It causes a little delayed gratification, but taking a loan out every time you want something isn't a good idea. And if you have a very big student loan debt that feels very overwhelming, don't think about the big picture number. Think about just paying it off little by little by little and throwing as much money at it as you can. Because that debt, even though it seems so overwhelming at the beginning, will ultimately get paid off if you concentrate on it. If you try to push it to the back of your mind and ignore it and don't really concentrate on getting rid of it, it will stay with you much, much longer. And that's true for any debt that you have. I've bought cars that I shouldn't have bought and then had to pay that off over time. But if you concentrate on that debt and getting rid of it, then you have so much more money in your paycheck when that debt is gone. So try to be okay with driving an older car. Try to be okay with not having the most beautiful shoes or clothes or the best things in your home. Try to be okay with living a little bit lower lifestyle until you get the debt off your plate. And if you really want something wonderful, save for it and then pay for it with cash. Now, whether you're dealing with your personal finances or business finances, if you own a business, all of these things apply. Don't let your business get into really heavy duty debt. And if you do have to take out a loan, really focus on paying it back as fast as you possibly can. You're a smart person. You can do this. And if you need help, there's people that can help. There's many, many financial advisors. So find someone you trust. Get someone that has your best interest and someone that's willing to teach you the things that you need to know to understand what you're doing with your money. When I first started running my business, I didn't know much of anything about running a business. It was a huge learning curve. I didn't know how to do sales taxes. I didn't know how to do payroll. I didn't know what insurance I needed to have. There was so many things that I had to learn. But having an accountant help me, having other people that knew, knew more than me to help talk me through it and advise me made all the difference. But I still had to understand it myself. Because if you don't understand something, you're not going to do a very good job with it. So you really need to understand it. Now if it feels very overwhelming to you, then work on those thoughts that you have about the overwhelm of the money. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed because there's so much to it and you don't understand it, then you're not going to put the work in and you're not going to have the confidence to push through and figure out how to do the budget, how to do the investing, how to take care of your business and take care of your personal finances and get those loans paid off. So one of the first steps before you even do the budget is getting your mind on right, getting your mind straight when in regards to money. And then when you're ready to get your budget going, get yourself a budgeting tool and do it yourself or work with that financial advisor that you found. There's many, many free budgeting tools online, but the few that I looked up for you to give you a starting place is AVMA has one. It's called the Personal Financial Planning Tool. And so if you go to the AVMA website, you can use that tool. And I believe that that's free. Um, Intuit also has one. Those are the people that do QuickBooks. Theirs is called Mint, M-I-N-T. And that's a free budgeting app that they have. There's also one called YNAB. And it stands for You Need a Budget, as we all do. So Y N A B, you can go to that website and get a budgeting tool there. Or there's one called the Every Dollar app that I found and that one is free as well. And I'm sure there's many, many more. So go to the App Store, do some Google searches and find yourself a good budgeting app. Put it in your phone, add your monthly income to it, and then start spending your money. And remember to pay yourself first, pay off your debt, get some savings going for short-term savings, emergency funds and things like that. And then also give yourself a little fun money because we all have to live life and going out to dinner once in a, once in a while or doing something fun is really important to our mental health. So don't forget that part of your budget. But If you manage your mind around money and then manage your money finances aren't that magical it's pretty simple it's just math so do the math don't let it intimidate you it's something that we all can do and must do so let me know how you do this week managing and thinking about money i just wanted to give a brief overview of the things that we can do to do better in this area of our life because this is a significant area that we all need to manage. So hopefully some of these things that I've said today have helped you. Let me know what you're struggling with. If you wanna talk about it, if you wanna have some help managing your mind around money, I'm here to help. And if you're struggling in any way, please reach out for help, whether it's financially, emotionally, physically, leaning on other humans is so important. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. I would really appreciate that. And if you have any suggestions, again, for the podcast, you can email me at jacapel, dvm at gmail.com. I hope you get a chance to think about your money this week and do something positive in the financial direction. Think about money, make some money, and save some money. Have a beautiful week. Bye.